evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. We have a great guest on tonight. First of all, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. My guest, Scotty Sansby, is one of the best percussion players in town, and he's been in town for a while. He will be appearing at Blackie's third annual memorial, Woof and Annie, on Sunday, July 14th at Moe's and Mosview from 1 to 4. All right. It features over 10 musicians, some of the best in town, Brian Drake, Martin Devaney, Dan Rumsey, Donnie LaMarca, and more. And all proceeds go to Homeward Bound Dog Rescue. I've been working with them for years. My guest, Scott Sansby, great percussionist, also has a phenomenal story that we're going to be, uh, that Scott's going to be telling about his dog, Ruru, that got stolen in Los Angeles and what he had to do to get the dog back. But first of all, I want to welcome my buddy, Scott Sansby. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. Me. Yeah, thank you, Paul. You've been around town. I'm looking at your discography here that you provided because we're going to be playing several uh, songs that Scotty played on over the years. And uh, the first year uh, of the songs he's provided with me was 1970, Scotty, and you were playing with a band called Zarathustra with the late, great Doug Maynard. Yeah, that was the uh, first time we played with Doug, first group that we got together and became friends and when did you start playing drums when i was uh, about nine okay uh, 30 years ago <laughs> i wish <laughs> <laughs> coming up on 60 years okay uh, now what, what uh, are you from the twin cities i'm from st paul okay originally so when you were growing up before you started playing what bands were you listening to especially live we would go, uh, they had these Monday night outdoor concerts or dance, teen dances at the uh, pavilion by the Highland Pool. Okay. And that was a few blocks from my house. And we'd go see the, the underbeats and the accents and the Avantis and the, uh, the Deacons. Right. And, you know, all of those groups that, that we then got to kind of follow at the teen fair. And right. we had a group called the Aristocats, from neighborhood guys. that, And they were the big kids, and we'd, we'd go to those shows and learn how to play. And Well, the cool thing about when you think about that uh, mid, uh, early, mid to late 60s in the Twin Cities, a lot of those bands were actually on the radio as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Underbeats had stuff, and the, the High Spirits, the yeah. Trashmen. Um, so it was a pretty vibrant scene back then. Very vibrant. Do you remember seeing uh, the great Augie Garcia? No, I, I knew of him, but he wasn't at the places that that I was going at that age. Right. Uh, for those of you out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hourland, Augie was a great um, uh, Hispanic guitar player. His thing was he used to wear shorts when he played any any month of the year, but he also opened up for uh, Elvis, I believe, in both in St. Paul, and then he was supposed to open up for him in Minneapolis. But Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's manager, said, "No, he's too good." Huh? I and, never knew that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great story. I met Augie once; just a phenomenal guy. So let's talk uh, before we get into this great story about Ruru, which uh, I was following Scotty on Facebook, and he was telling this story in bits and pieces over the course of a few weeks. And I would check in every now and then. I go, "Oh my God, it's such an incredible story!" So we will be talking about Ruru, but let's—I'm going to just go through your list, Scotty, so people know who you played with, and I know the list is longer than, than what you gave me, but uh, besides Zarathustra and Doug Maynard, Mojo Buford, Mary McCreary, and Leon Russell. Let's talk about how you got into that band, because I saw that show at Parade Stadium, I believe, in, what, 1973? Yeah. 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 I, we came down, we drove down from the air range. Phenomenal show. I remember Leon getting up on top of the uh, piano and playing guitar. And he was married to Mary McCurry, a great uh, violinist. But how did you get that uh, well, gig? Well, Mary wasn't the violinist. Oh. That was the uh, that was a guy named Jalon Lau that okay. Mary had, and she was the keyboard player and singer okay. and writer, and was not yet uh, married to Leon. That happened after that that period. But we had uh, we had done her first record on Shelter, 
and uh, DJ Rogers got me into that. And who was DJ Rogers? DJ Rogers was an artist on Shelter, uh, just an amazing uh, gospel uh, background singer and songwriter. Still is. Right. One of the best singers I've ever played <laughs> with. And he... Uh, I was playing with him, Zippy Kaplan and Donnie Larson. Okay. Got me a gig with him when I was living in L.A. and had come off the road from a, a lounge group, and and uh, they had uh, they had gotten hooked up with him, and they got me involved. And, and uh, when did you move out to Los Angeles, uh, Scott Sansby? Uh, I think it was. Uh, Maybe late summer, early fall of 1971. Okay. We uh, will be listening to several of uh, performances that uh, got caught on tape with uh, my guest, Scott Sansby. But let's get into the Ruru story, your dog that got stolen. Tell us how you found Ruru. Ruru. Uh, we were living in my van in Santa Monica and Venice, and uh, this was 1977-78. Okay. He, he got stolen January 24th of 1978. But how did you find Brewer? Did you find him here in Minneapolis? No, no. This was, uh, I spent a month searching for him, and... Where did you, f no, where did you originally get him? Oh, I got him as an eight-week-old puppy when I was living on Lake of the Isles uh, around here. Okay. And then... Um, was it was he uh, just running around on the streets, or did you get him in a store? Or No, there uh, I saw an ad. You know, I was looking... I had fallen in love with a golden retriever that somebody else had. And I thought it was time to get a dog, and I uh, called on an ad, and, and this woman brought the litter of puppies over to... Uh, to my house. At that time, I had a little servant's quarters in this amazing uh, Mediterranean house on Lake of the Isles wow. that has recently broke records for... for uh, How much it, it went for? Yeah. And at that time, it was, it was uh, run down and absentee owners, so I got uh, servant's quarters there for 150 bucks a month. Wow. Right around Lake of the Isles. And she, they brought a whole... Uh, you know, all the puppies over, and we, you know, I clicked with this one puppy, and right. he was eight weeks old, and he grew up his first couple years just this wonderful life around Lake of the Isles. That, you, boy, you can't beat that. No, no, and they had the ice rink right, oh, yeah, right across in front of our house, and we'd come home from gigs at the River Serpent and the, the home bar and all those places, and my our bass player friend, who was also with Mary McCreary and moved here, his dog and my dog were best friends. So we'd nice. come home from the gigs at two in the morning and be out on the ice, you know, skating, and our dogs could run and play, and it was a, just a great, uh, great time. You know, I used to when I moved down in 1970, I used to walk around Lake of the Isles all the time. This was back before. I mean, you know, now Lake of the Isles is packed, right? Those walkways and Lake of the Isles is my, is my favorite walk around. But back then, there wasn't a lot of people jogging or walking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was just the one. There weren't separate paths back then, right? Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was just a really cool time. In fact, Bobby Vandell moved into that apartment. After that wasn't I left. that place. That white place yeah, on the corner we was it? The embassy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> Oh, my God, I can't imagine you long-haired hippies hanging out there. Let's talk a, a little bit before we play a cut from Zarathustra with Doug Maynard and my guest, Scott Sansby. Give us about, you were one of the guys that ruined Lake of the Isles because you started Rolling Souls. Yes. And I mean that in a good way, but tell the uh, my audience out there what Rolling Souls was. Well, Rolling Souls was the first outdoor roller skate shop in the Midwest. Yeah. And I got into skating, buying roller skates to search for Ruru when he was stolen. Really? That's because I lived in the van and I was searching every day and I was going to buy a bike and realized it would take up half my living space. And ro outdoor roller skating had just been born on Venice Beach. 
So I bought my first pair of good outdoor roller skates to search for Ruru. And during the course of that month of searching, I got hooked on skating, and I knew somebody was going to do it by Calhoun. Right. And at the time, I wasn't thinking it was going to be me, but it turned out to be. Well, that is a great piece of happenstance as we tell this story so that now we know how Scott Sansby got into uh, rollerblading and his business, Rolling Souls, to look for Ruru. That is absolutely beautiful. We're going to have Scott on for the whole show. He's uh, playing with us on this Sunday, July 14th at Moe's 1 to 4 for Blackie's third annual memorial Wolf and Annie benefit for Homeward Bound Dog Rescue. We're going to be listening to a track from 1970 by the band Zarathustra featuring the great Doug Maynard, a tune called Down Child, and we'll be with Scott Sasby for the whole show tonight. Except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human called the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Hey, all you doggy lovers out there, this is Paul Metza inviting you to Blackie's third annual Memorial Wolf and Annie, a benefit for a homeward bound dog rescue. At Moe's and Moundsby on Sunday, July 14th, 1 to 4, it's also pup friendly. Bring your dog. Features the music of myself and my friends like Martin Devaney, Courtney Yasmene, Sherwin Linton, David Babb, Brian Drake, and more. All proceeds go to benefit homeward bound dog rescue. This Sunday, July 14th from 1 to 4 p.m. at Moe's and Moundsview. The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. I'm back briefly from sabbatical to highlight idealists who speak truth to religious oppression. I'll talk about a Jesuit high school that's refused to fire a gay employee. And the big interview is with Minneapolis Reverend Dan Cullison, who's been defrocked for standing up for LGBTQ people. I've got a better vision of the world where everyone has a place at the table. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association and Powderhorn Park are thrilled to invite you to the Powderhorn Art Fair. Shop hundreds of local and regional artists on serene Powderhorn Lake. Taste foods from local food trucks and enjoy exploring the Powderhorn community. Considered the best regionally juried art fair for nearly three decades, it takes place right in South Minneapolis in picture-perfect Powderhorn Park. The Powderhorn Park Art Fair begins Saturday, August 3rd and runs through Sunday, August 4th. Join the fun from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The success of the art fair comes from Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association's long-standing collaboration with the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. And a portion of the proceeds support youth programming at Powderhorn Park. So put August 4th and 5th on your calendar for Powderhorn Park Art Fair. There'll be over 200 artists, 20 food trucks, and great fun at Powderhorn Park. For more information on the art fair, go to ppna.org. That's ppna.org. In my younger days, I 
Welcome back to the Ball of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. We just listened to a track called In My Younger Days by the great Mojo Buford, a man who uh, played with Money Waters for years, great harmonica player, and then uh, after playing with Money, moved up to the Twin Cities for, I'm guessing, 40 or 50 years, right, Scott Sansby? Long time. Long yeah. time. So you, uh, my guest, Scott Sansby, is a great drummer and percussionist. He played with Mojo on that track. At the end of the first uh, set, the Wall of Power Radio Hour, we just started to hear how Scotty's dog, Ruru, got got lost. No, stolen. Oh, he got, I he think he got stolen. In, in Minneapolis. No, he was stolen in Santa Monica. Okay, hold on. We're going to stop. So, with, oh, so you were looking for him. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We just heard a great track by harmonica player Mojo Buford, a longtime Twin Cities resident who also spent some serious time in Muddy Waters Band. That track was called In My Younger Days, and my guest Scott Sansby played drums on that track. Scott, we were talking about In in Your Younger Days out in Santa Monica, and uh, you told a little story at the end of the first set about how your dog... Ruru got stolen. But before we get back to the uh, story about Ruru's disappearance, tell us what was like the first time you get out to Santa Monica. What year was that? That would have been uh, probably 1972. Wow. When I got my apartment there. But in 1971, I played at the beach house on Venice Pier with uh, Mickey Stanhope and Zippy Kaplan. Okay. A group called Snake that, uh, and I discovered the beach. And I, okay. it was a whole different thing than I'd been living in Laurel Canyon and Hollywood. And once I found the beach, it was like, someday I got to be out here. Well, yeah. let's go back to Laurel Canyon. Now that you mentioned that, Scotty, the man uh, with a, a great history in the 70s in California, because I just saw Echoes of the Canyon. This weekend. Have you seen that movie? Not yet. Jacob Dylan uh, is kind of the narrator and uh, the host, but it talks about the magic Floral Canyon in the uh, mid-60s to about 1970 or so. What was Laurel Canyon like back then? Did you Were you bumping into uh, musicians, cool musicians? Well, we uh, when I came out there, Bobby Schnitzer and Bruce Kernow and Rich Dworsky were with Al Jarreau. Okay. And they had moved into Gypsy's old house when Gypsy went on the road and left. Right. So These are all Minneapolis musicians? Yeah, Twin Cities musicians. Yeah. Uh, the Underbeats had gone out there and became Gypsy, and they were living in Laurel Canyon. And then when they started touring or whatever, Jero and the people from here that he'd picked were living there, and they were gracious enough to let me live there when I first got out there. Wow. A lot of... Uh I think about those times and go, I wish I was young enough and had the wherewithal to be there. So when did you end up now in the van with Ruru living on the beach? That was in the, the in 1977. Okay. I'd gone back. Uh, my friend and bass player David Miner from Passage okay. had gone home. He was from L.A. He went home for a visit. And Leon and Mary had gotten married since then and were coming out of retirement and putting a new band together. And we're talking Leon Russell and Mary McCreary. Yes. And David got the gig with them. Wow. And, of course, I he was my best friend, and I'd always wanted that gig, and I loved playing with Mary, so I followed him out back out to L.A. Uh, but I'd learned on a previous trip that uh, a drummer with a dog couldn't find a place to live right so i bought a van and went you know i came back once and then i went back out in a van with and started ruru. with ruru nice ruru and my drums were hidden under the bed and i started my existence kind of in the the turtle life wow do you ever remember bumping into jim rockford who had a little <laughs> trailer on the beach no but uh, i've been i've gone looking for it since then yeah and uh that was malibu okay and I've, I've gone looking for that that uh, spot recent years yeah how did uh, Ruru how'd you come up with the name for that lovely dog of yours that band Snake with with uh, Mickey Stanhope and and Zippy 
had a guitar player, Lowrider George from Long Beach, <laughs> and he used to come to the rehearsals with this incredible weed, <laughs> and he would hand us a joint. God and bless say, that guy. Man, you got to try this shit. It's going to take you to the land of Ruru. And I knew, I, I just loved that name. And I right. knew someday I'm going to have a dog and I'm going to call him Ruru. And that's, that's <laughs> the land that, of Ruru. The land well, of Ruru. When, yeah. when you write your autobiography, Scott Sansby, that's your title. The oh, land of Ruru. The, uh, He's showing me a beautiful poster, <laughs> The Second Coming of Ruru. All right, February 23rd, 1978. Is this a book you actually it's started? Jour- I started journaling when Ruru was stolen. Uh, a friend had given me a journal, and that, I've been a journalist, journal person ever since then. Wow. So what you read in February, each year I go through what I went through in that journal, and that's where I've been posting up some of those memories and things, which is what you saw. And every year I kind of go through that. And Wow. So what I'm looking at, uh, for those of you in the radio audience, it's the cover. It's called The Second Coming of Ruru, February 23rd, 1978, a story about love, God, and miracles. And that's a great picture of Ruru, Ruru right on the cover there. So we got uh, a couple of minutes left here. So let's uh, not give away the end of the story, but let's tell the audience about how you started to track down Ruru. Now, you're, you're skating around on your skates, looking all over Venice Beach for Ruru. How did you realize that this uh, lonely old lady had stolen your dog? Uh, I got a tip was left at one of the places that I worked from the flyers and posters that I'd put up. And um, someone left a tip with the hostess at the restaurant who mixed it up and got the name of the people confused with the name of the street. So there was like no finding it, figuring out what was right, going on. Right. And, uh, and I'd also been contacted by a psychic Wow! that left a note at the restaurant, have this guy contact me, I felt something from his poster. <laughs> and I kind of laughed it off, and, and, and then I thought, I have nothing to lose. So, uh, And she wasn't asking for any money or anything, and right. I got together with her, and um, this would have been like the end of January, and she predicted the day I was going to find him. Wow. Uh, she kept getting the number 23 in huh. the while we were talking and she told me all kinds of stuff you know i brought his leash and i brought his pictures and wow. we talked and she said i keep getting this number 23 i don't know if it's a an address or uh or a date i don't know what it is but i'm getting 23 real strong so i just wrote everything down and and i wasn't overly invested in psychics but it turned out that i found him on the 23rd got him back on the 24th of February. Wow. We've got Scott Sandsby in the studio. Great percussionist telling a story about how his dog Ruru was stolen, how he got his name, and now, coming up in the next two segments, how Scotty got Ruru back. Stay tuned to the Wall Power Radio Hour. We'll be back after these messages. I'm Richie Mann with Sitka Salmon Shares, a CSF or community-supported fishery. The expression, know your farmer, is a familiar concept in the Midwest, yet know your fisherman somehow gets lost in our grocery stores, fish counters, and freezers. Industrialization has broken that connection between fishermen and consumer. Sitka Salmon Shares is reforging that connection through a sustainable, community-driven model. The world's wild fisheries depend on it. Sitka Salmon Shares creates a direct line from our small boat fishermen right to your door. Learn more at sitkasalmonshares.com. Chances are, after spring cleaning, you missed a spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue. And your roof probably has some black streaks, too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe, soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. 
Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof, and siding cleaned starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home cleaned for only $447. Then mention AM950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447. Hi, Matt McNeil here, and I love Rudy Luther because I love my Toyota Sienna, but I keep going back because of Luther's top-notch customer service. A great example, the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of $0.10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores and $5 off the works car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy in your Rudy Luther vehicle, which in turn makes me and many others loyal Rudy Luther customers. Find out more at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. We at Total Dog Company are hands-on dog lovers. We are involved in the care of all aspects of our dogs. The same kind of hands-on care is found in Canadate brand pet foods. From growing increasing amounts of the ingredients in their foods to cooking their recipes in their own cookery, Canadate is a small, independent company that focuses on the hands-on attention to quality. Same as Total Dog Company. Find Total Dog in New Hope right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at totaldogcompany.com. We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. With your rain weather, this is Eric Nelson. Night a 20% chance of rain, with a low around 70. Sunday, a chance of thunderstorms, with a high near 90, and a low around 75. Monday will be sunny, a heat index as high as 103, and lows around 78. AM950 is brought to you by Total Dog Company. They know dogs and can help you find the right products and give you the best advice. Offering a variety of carefully selected products for both you and your dog. Located conveniently off of 169 and 36th Avenue in New Hope. Or check them out at totaldogcompany.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest, Mr. Scott Sands Binali, an incredible percussionist who's played with just about everybody who's anybody in the Twin Cities and more, but is telling us about this incredible tale about his dog, Ruru, that got stolen by a lonely old lady in Venice Beach in, what was it, 77, 78? What was it? Uh, it's February, or January 24th of 1978. Is when you found him? No, that's the day he was taken. He was taken. And I got him back a month later. On the And in the meantime, if you're just tuning in to the Wall of Power Radio, Scott was saying that he got a note and a phone number from a psychic who said to call him because she thought she was getting a vibration about Ruru. She she saw my flyer and contacted the place that I worked, but a note was left or a tip was left f also from the flyer at with the hostess at the restaurant who transposed the street and the name. So I was looking for him on the wrong street and there was no such place. And, and, took, and, and the psychic said she had this vibration of 23. Yes. The number 23. Yeah kept coming up and she said I don't know what it is I don't know if it's a if it's a an address or an age or a date right. it just keeps coming up was this uh, with this psychic did she have when you went to her house did it did she have the uh, she looked like a gypsy no, with the incense no. or just a regular uh, gal yep she lived in a little apartment on Venice Beach okay uh, Sandra McNeil was her name and bless her she, uh, I've tried to track her down over the years, and only recently have I found her on the internet, uh, renouncing her ways and and embracing uh, Jesus and, yeah. and a whole other thing. And and I've wanted to to actually contact her and say, hey, you know, this was a right. this was a wonderful thing. Yeah, that, right. That happened. Well, the yeah. God works in mysterious yes. ways. Yeah. Okay, so. 
number 23. Now tell, tell us, keep going day by day, week by week. You know, I kept following up on the tips and the lead, and and eventually I figured out uh, what I thought was going on. And she had a phone number. We were trying to get, I was trying to get an address from the phone number. Right. In pre-internet days, so there was sure. no reverse directory. And this was the lonely old lady that... Uh, Wealthy, uh, lonely old lady. Okay. In a mansion on San Vicente in a gated wow. place. So through a, it took a private detective wow. for twenty five bucks that took pity on me to give me a an address. A dog loving detective. No, he wasn't dog loving, but uh. he took he he. You know, I thought I had things figured out, and right. he wanted a hundred bucks, and I didn't have it, and I was ready to walk out. And he said, "Well, you got twenty five and I said, "Yeah." <laughs> so then I that had sounds like something Rockford would do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I started staking out this house, and wow. very, very visual. You know, uh, obviously, you know, I wasn't trying. I just parked in front of the right. house and started watching it. And I had called them, and they had denied any knowledge of of Ruru. Wow. And um, in one of the phone conversations, the husband, who turned out to be a real jerk, he made a comment about who's minor. And that was the giveaway that they had Ruru because I, since I didn't have, there were no cell phones then and I didn't have a phone. So on Ruru's tags, I had David Miner's name and phone wow. number. And when he said, who's Miner, that was at that point, right. none you of the knew. lies. There was no other way. Right. And then I just sat in front of that house until I became uh, obvious enough that this guy came out and started screaming at me and right. wouldn't, I said, just, you know, I just want to see uh, I want my dog, dog back. I want my dog. If it's not my dog, I'll never, you know, I'm right. gone. I'll never bother you again. Right. But if it is my dog, you'll never get rid of me. And he just did this. You're not, <laughs> you're not seeing the dog because my wife isn't home and and you scared her. You know, I'd seen them drive away and tried to tail them. And I <laughs> sure. Well, and then I had of course to come you back. I came back with the animal control people, and he became a real jerk to them. And then I came back with the police, and long story short it came down to having this guy arrested or waiting until the next day when he agreed to meet with me and his wife and show me the dog right now you got to think back i've seen pictures of you back in the day scotty and you had hair down to your butt right yeah I big head of hair, hair big beard. red hair you had a beard and uh so a cop comes to see and go oh this is just another pot smoking hippie with this story or did they really buy into it they first they ignored me and the the woman who worked at the same place that i did her husband was a lawyer and he called the police and said this guy has a legitimate case and you're forcing him to take the law into his own hands right. and he started screaming at him so they said all right have him come back and and they assigned me to some police woman whose initial response was just kind of rolling her eyes and oh, right. I gotta I want to do police work and I gotta go look for too bad it wasn't Angie Dickinson yeah <laughs> the, the real police woman and by the time we got she drove me over to the house and had gone th you know I went through my whole folder and all the yeah. pictures and all the info and all everything else and she started to warm up a little and then we went to the door and the guy came out and became a real jerk right and wouldn't let us see the dog and and uh, so she called a sergeant, and he came over, and the same thing. And between the two police, they at that point saw what was really going on and saw that I was an okay guy. Yeah, right. And kind of that this guy was being a real jerk. Right. And they were ready to take him in and arrest him. And he's screaming about how he knows the mayor and the city council person. Right. If I don't uh, do this, I'll never, I'll never get the dog back. I'll it's Chinatown, Jake. It was just yeah. And I had to decide that at that moment, have this guy arrested, or trust him till the next day when he said he would agree to meet me when his wife was home. With the dog or without the dog? They'd let me come see the dog, oh, but not wow. until his wife was home the next day. And by then, I'd heard all kinds of stories about 
dog napping and dogs that were shaved and sold and right. so um, cooked, eaten. Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't know if he'd be gone the next day, but I decided to trust till the next day, and then I pretty much slept across the street. Wow. You you must have been going through so many emotions, plus caring about being taken care of. I knew he was being taken care of, and he had backing up a little. When we knocked on the door with the policewoman, the guy, the husband, opened a balcony door above the front door, and a golden retriever stuck his head out and barked, and I was... You knew that was him. I was reasonably sure that was him but not positive right and again i said even right then just let me see the dog and if he's not mine i'm gone right um but he wouldn't wow and the next day i went back and uh i had backup positioned across the street yeah great and the police were on call saying wow us we'll come we'll come grab this guy if you have the canine swat team it was it was uh it was very supportive and very uh and i went in and and uh he led me into a a uh a wood paneled library and told me just sit there don't say a word we want to see his response Let me, before we get to that part of the story, which I'm very excited to hear. Now, for those of you out there in the listening audience, I had followed part of the story on Scott Sansby's Facebook page, but I didn't get the whole part. And I, Scotty and I are buddies, and I said, but I don't want to hear the end of the story till you get in on, on the Wall of Power Radio or which we're doing. So before we get to the end of the story what was their house like was it like high ceiling chandeliers all of that it was like uh, uh, Grand Avenue in St. Paul okay or some, Summit Avenue not Grand Summit Avenue in St. Paul or Mount Curve okay. in Kenwood yeah and it was gated uh, at that time so I couldn't I could only see as far as the right. I couldn't get in and like walk around the back and peek in any windows right, and stuff right. I would have done back in those days. When you said did you say San Vicente San Boule- Vicente Boulevard. Isn't San Vicente have something to do with Richard Nixon? Does he live did no, he live that's, there? Uh, San Clemente. Okay. All right. Well, I'm getting my uh, Spanish <laughs> streets confused. So, did you know, did you find out what this woman did how she came into her money? Uh, it was him. I mean, oh, he, the, husband, the husband, the husband, I don't know what he did, but uh, that, that was his whole power tripping. I know I'm tight with the consul person and the mayor right. and, and you'll never, this will tie this up in court for so long. You'll never see that dog. If you don't, right. if you have me arrested, you're going to have a battle on your hands wow. like you wouldn't believe. And um, So how old was this couple? Well, they seemed very old at the time. They're probably my age now. Right, but sure. I'm guessing they were mid-late 60s at the time. Okay. And it turns out the person that left the tip was her next-door neighbor. And, uh, you know, she told me that afterwards when I went back and thanked her for leaving the tip when I found out it was her. And she right. said, you know, this woman had felt like a prisoner at home you know once the calls started coming she knew somebody was looking because i called them a lot and right. i i came by and it was you know i didn't bother anyone i just said i've heard you know i heard you found a dog and right. i've lost a dog right can i come simply see enough yeah just i just want to see if it's my dog wow. and their whole pretense was the when i came in Maybe you don't want to hear the end yet. Not yet. <laughs> you hold on there. We got Scott Sandsby on. We're going to save the uh, the end of finding Ruru uh, for the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to go out on this set with uh, a version of Bob Dylan's I Shall Be Released by the Doug Maynard Band, 1983, live at St. Olaf. You got some great musicians on this track. Who was there? This was a... Th- uh, Doug didn't have a band at the time, and he did a just a throw-together band for this date and it was Ricky Peterson and Dick Headland and David Island and myself and Steve Wright doing the sound. Wow. There was Steve was one of not only 
he was not only one of the best sound men in town, but he sang better than most lead singers. Yeah, he did. So we're thinking about Steve Ray. While we listen, I shall be released. And we will get to the end of the Ruru story with Scott Sansby in the fourth set. Stick around. Tell me every distance is not near. Yet I remember every face of every man that put me here. Hello, friends. I've been talking to you about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens, Minnesota's first green cemetery dedicated to celebrating life and protecting our environment. One of the many wonderful things they have is something called the living urn. Ashes are buried in an urn with seedlings ultimately coming back to life as a glorious tree. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Why don't you log on to the website mngreengraves.com. Learn more about Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. See if it might be something that's meaningful for you. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extremely extremely important this radio station is to the community. To help AM 950 grow this summer, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share, and interact on the AM 950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM 950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 612-333-SNAP or check saw it online. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, our annual summer misreading show. Wait, Ken, start over. I think you misread your line. No, I'm thinking about recent fiction that goes right over people's heads. Oh, you mean movies with morally complicated characters like Three Billboards? Or TV shows like Game of Thrones? There's a bunch of sophisticated fiction out there, and we need to rethink how we read. It's a summer misreading special. Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk, every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We just heard a great song by my fellow Iron Range blues cat, Paul Masich, and my guest, Scott Sansby. Little new number called Jelly Smack and Mama. That sounded great, Scotty. Do you play with uh, Masich a lot? Not recently. Once okay. in a while. This was uh, when I was playing with Benderheads and... Uh, Paul and I went into uh, IPR and did a, just a class for Dick Shopto. Okay. It's a fun recording. and Massage has turned into such an amazing musician and incredible slide player. Oh, everything. His 
his rhythms and his singing and guitar playing. Yeah, everything. Just a, a real treat to play with. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the Ruru story. Uh, where did we end up? I'm, I'm in the last part, where, where were we in the Ruru story where Scotty got his dog stolen and he's closing in on getting them back? So they agreed to see me the next morning. Right. I went in and the husband jerk uh, right. that didn't get arrested the night before you know, instructed me to go sit in the library and just not say anything or do anything they wanted to see his reaction to me. Because right. their whole, at this point, their whole defense was that he was a an abused, neglected dog right. that they saved from whatever. Right. Because he was begging for food scraps at the back door of the right. restaurant. Um, so I just, I said, fine. And I sat there, and I'd brought, Ruru loved Frisbee, and I brought a brand new Frisbee with him. And I just sat there, and he went and got his wife, and they... Your heart must have been beating, oh, though. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's, you know, I want to kill these people. Sure. They got my dog, but yeah, I'm so trying to got, be polite and cordial. Right, and, right. And, uh, you've got just an incredible array of emotions going through yeah. your bloodstream. But I knew... Uh, and again, if it wasn't Ruru, I was going to be way let down, but then I'd just leave and leave her right. alone. So they opened the the double doors to the library and had him on a leash. And as soon as he saw me... Now, hold on one second. Was was the cop there, too, with no, you? No, cops didn't okay, come. Just, they just said, the couple? call if you need us. Okay. They said, bring a backup guy to hang out outside in right. case anything weird gets happening. Don't do anything yourself right. unless you have to. You should have brought that lowrider dude. <laughs> uh, so they just said, call us if you need us. Okay. And... Uh, and, you know, they were very, once I got in the door and everything, everybody was polite and cordial okay. and, and all that. And um, and then I sat there and they brought him in on a leash. And as soon as he saw me, he broke out of their, <laughs> ah, their yes. grip and he came across this wood floor. It was like a Flintstone movie with the, the paws <laughs> scratching <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. And he ran and jumped into my arms oh. and started licking me. And at that point, they knew... You know, this is not an abused, mistreated dog. And you must have been in tears. I, w I was, yeah. yeah, I was. I'm almost in tears listening to this story. And, uh, you know, uh, at that point, you know, everybody said, did you, you know, did you press charges? Did you do right. this? Did you? And I said, no, you know, I just wanted my dog back. Yeah. So uh, I listened to them. They had changed his name from Roo Roo to True so it sounded the same right they said he you know they he'd sleep in the bathtub because it was cool they were feeding him ground sauteed ground beef <laughs> yeah know, the reason i didn't wasn't sure it was him when i first saw him when he stuck his head out the night before is because he'd gained a bunch of weight okay and so how long went, did they have him for a month a month wow a month and i s discovered him with the police on the 23rd of February. Just like the psychic, psychic telling you. And I got him back on the 24th. Wow, so that was a month without Ruru. Yeah, and it changed my life oh. in a lot of ways. That. Uh, and how, tell us, how did it change your life? It, uh, it really helped me prioritize what was important. Uh, it made me very aware of family and love, my relationship with my parents, what it must have been like for all their kids to, you know, move 2,000 miles right. away, you know, to pursue our own lives. And, uh, you know, I had, interestingly, I'm not a religious guy, but I'm a spiritual guy. And sure. I was reading in my van, you know, during the midst of this on a rainy, rainy day and nowhere to go. And I'm stuck in my van and I'm reading old letters from my sisters and my parents and bawling, you know, yeah, crying sure. my eyes out, Absolutely. missing my dog, and I wrote this little prayer, and it was the day after that that the tip came to the restaurant, wow. and everything within that next week just came together to find you it. You don't have, you brought your journal, you don't have the prayer with you, do you? I have it, I'll, I'll uh, you know, it was just about okay. the kind of person, you know, the... Uh, using my gifts, you know, thankful. It was a, it was a thanks for my gifts and abilities right. and helped me use them wisely. And 
Um, I'll share it with you after. That's Scott Sandsby, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed, especially the end of the story. But I really appreciate you sharing that because uh, it uh, says a lot about your love of dogs. Anybody out there who's a dog lover will get this. Losing your dog, we've all had our dogs disappear for, you know, my my new one, Blue, took off my own fault because I didn't hook him up and was gone for just 20 minutes. But believe me, I aged a year or two waiting for him to just stroll leisurely back. And I know you lost Blackie, what, two years ago? Two years ago. I mean, that's when I, as I was reading, again, you know, some of the good stuff of Facebook as I was reading about your stuff with the dogs because I had known, you know, known you what 30 30 some years but I didn't know about your love for dogs and your connection to the dogs so yes I'm really uh, I'm honored we've got another bond play yeah on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, yeah Sunday uh, July 14th at Moe's it's going to be celebrating my dog Blackie a great way to remember him Blackie's third annual memorial wolf and Annie Scott Sansby Donnie Lamarca Martin Devaney and uh, uh, seven or eight others, Rob Hillstrom, Galena Gabriel, just that's uh, going to be a great afternoon of music, one to four. All the money is going to go to Homeward Bound Dog Rescue, and it's dog friendly, so you can bring your dog. Scotty, thanks for telling me. I feel like uh, I knew Ruru. Oh, cool. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That was beautiful. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson and Hunter Haas. We'd like to thank our guest, Scott Sansby. You can also track down the story they wrote about Ruru and Scott in the Wall Street Journal and Time Magazine back in the late 1970s. We want to thank everybody out there in the listening audience. We will be at Moe's and Mounds View Sunday, July 14th for Blackie's third Memorial Wolf and Annie. Musical benefit one to four. All proceeds go to Homeward Bound Dog Rescue. Thanks for listening. Like my dad used to say, remember to be kind and make someone happy. The wall of power will fall.